Here be celestial dragons. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan Stone, and I will be your host today. This is going to be a short episode, a cleanup episode. There's really only a very short sliver of time that I have this week to record, and it happens to be now. I am recording this on Halloween morning, and it is going to be the second half of the Cathay roster breakdown. Basically, I just want to get this done, get through it, and unfortunately, neither Scott nor GJ is available right now. This has been a wild week for me. I am in school for radio, television, and journalism. It is a combined college course, and we are in the midst of midterms as well as some interesting projects. It's fun, but it is taking up a lot of my time. So that's why this episode is going to be quite short and quite to the point. I do have some podcast updates coming down at the very end of this episode as well. But for the most part, we're just going to go through the rest of the Cathay roster. In our last episode, we took a look at the characters, the special characters, and the more mundane human characters of Cathay. So in this episode, I'm going to quickly go through the rest of the units, and we will talk a little bit about what I think they might look like, how I think they might play, and what form they might take on the tabletop. First up is the Grand Cathay infantry units. So we're going to go through the we're going to go through them from the start here at the peasant long spearman. These guys are pretty neat. They are what I'm thinking of as the Bretonian peasants of Cathay. I think you're going to find they have the basic human stat line if they get to the tabletop. That weapon skill 3, strength 3, tough 3, leadership 7, you know, the good stuff, the basic humans. Now, they are described as long spearmen, and I'm sure there's a difference between long spearmen and pike spearmen, but I don't know that I know that necessarily. <laughs> so, what I'm expecting from these... Now, of course, in... Total War, you've got your cheap chaff units. You know, they're not going to be very good. They're anti-large. They're going to be there to, to poke their spears into the ground and then poke the other end into the enemy to take those charges, get slaughtered so that your big important units can do big important things. In game, however, if they make it to Warhammer the Old World, what I think you might see from these guys is the ability to fight in three ranks if they take a charge. That would be a very cool, unique thing that we don't see outside of pikemen. And pikemen are nearly extinct in Warhammer Fantasy. You've got your Dogs of War regiments and that's about it. It would be nice to see a core unit for an army that had that special ability. I'm thinking these guys are going to be cheap. I don't know that they're kind of, you know, skeletons or zombies. You know, that three, four points per model. Or goblins, you know, that, that really bargain basement price. I think maybe the next step up, five to six points per model for these guys. I think they're going to have that special rule. I don't know, looking at them here, they are garbed in kind of peasant robes. 
is the best way I would describe them. They don't seem to have really any armor to speak of other than a little shoulder plate. I could see these guys having a six up save or no save whatsoever. And that is, I think, completely reasonable for a unit like this, especially in fluff as well. The lore here talks about Cathay having basically inexhaustible armies, right? There's always more people. It is a very, very populous nation, probably the most populous human nation on the planet. Now, another thing that I found interesting about this unit is in the unit description. And that is that the dragons that rule Cathay, the Celestial Dragon Emperor and his children, they know that this is a very expendable force, these peasants. And it's interesting because the Celestial Dragon Emperor is kind of a benevolent dictator. And you don't see too many of those in Warhammer. It's kind of an everyone's awful here type of world. Not all the time. There are some heroes, but for the most part, there's not a lot of really, really good guys in Warhammer Fantasy. And even the dragons with their immortality, they kind of see the big picture. So they don't mind sending these peasants to die because they know in the long run, they're always going to have peasants to replace them. And if it keeps Cathay safe, then, hey, you know, everyone's happy except for those who are dead. So I like them. I like them a lot. I think they're an interesting unit. Not a lot of real chaff human units in the game. You have the Bretonian peasants, of course. Uh, even they have, they sport some armor, that kind of thing. And I really think these guys might not. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of unit sizes we see for them as well. I expect them to be very big, both in Total War and then maybe in the Old World as well. And we don't know how much the Old World is taking from previous editions of Warhammer. I don't want to see hordes again. I've made myself very clear over the course of over well over a year of doing this podcast that I thought hordes were just the worst and I hated their rules I hated their mechanics I hated everything about them uh these guys though I mean they just kind of scream out to be taken in units of like 40 to 60 so I don't know how they'll look on the tabletop or what kind of rules they'll have but next up is the jade warriors so the jade warriors are the professional soldiers of Cathay they are the line troops, the standing army, and they're described as expertly trained and well-equipped to defend from ogres, rebels, chaos, or anything else that might come wandering in from the west and the north. So that's really interesting. I mean, this roster, as an aside here, this roster preview mentions things like the Great Maw and ogres, so I, I really feel like there's no way that we don't see ogres in Total War Warhammer 3. I expect them to be there on launch. They're one of the races that it, it just makes sense when you think about the map that Creative Assembly is drawing in here. So they're filling in, at the very least, the northern badlands, the northern mountains of Morn, and northern Cathay around the Great Bastion. And you can't have that empty space in the Mountains of Morn. You have to have ogres there. So I do expect ogres to be probably the next army that is announced for Total War Warhammer 3. I even think we might see Chaos Dwarfs 
I don't want to say for sure, but I think we're going to see them. If we don't see them on launch, I think we'll see them as a DLC coming sometime after that. Back on the Jade Warriors, the Jade Warriors are kind of fun looking. You see their picture. They don't get a picture until further down when it's talking about the Jade Warrior crossbowmen. They look like they're in heavy armor for sure. I would expect a five up save if they make it to the tabletop base for that heavy armor. And what's cool about them is they can be equipped with halberds, with melee weapons, but they can also be equipped. And I'll just hit on the crossbowmen here as well, because why not? They're the same troops, they're just armed differently. Uh, they can be outfitted for ranged combat or melee combat. So you could make a really thematically consistent army if you wanted to go with like a regular army of Cathay out of these Jade Warriors, right? You get blocks of crossbowmen, blocks of halberdiers. It'd be very, very cool. And uh, they can take shields as well. So I think they're going to be a real anvil unit if you take them with hand weapons and shields. You're looking at a 5 plus save, 4 plus for the shield, and maybe 3 plus for parry in close combat if that rule makes it to the old world. Again, this is all speculation, folks. We have no idea if and when Cathay is coming to the old world. It just seems likely to me, and maybe we'll talk about that before the end of the episode. So the Jade Warriors, they're your middle-of-the-road medium infantry. I don't expect much more than a human stat line with them. Possibly weapon skill 4, depending on their price. Maybe 8 to 10 points per model, I think sounds pretty fair to me. I think they're going to be a reliable unit. Maybe not super hard-hitting, but I like them. I like their look as well. The uh, green of their their underclothes and the green plumes on their helmets look really really good beyond the jade warriors and a step up from them are the celestial dragon guard they are the elite soldiers and they are officially the legion of the dragon emperor his loyal defenders so these are the bodyguards these are the best of the best and they look like it they have yellow underclothes They've got much more ornate armor. It doesn't look to be particularly heavier than the Jade Warrior's armor, but I could expect maybe that to be the equivalent of plate for the Empire, so that four-up save. I don't want to say for sure, though, because to me this still looks like heavy armor. I'm thinking perhaps they get a five-up... Or a four up. Oh, it's it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from them. Uh, in the game, of course, these guys are going to be your your elite infantry, the ones that'll actually win those combats, break and route those enemy units, and uh, they can they can wield halberds, which is pretty great. Uh, I'm always a big fan of halberds in game, uh, both in the tabletop and for total war. Um, it says that they are also capable of defending against charges from anything. So looks like they'll be kind of a, a hold the line unit as well as the uh, the Jade Warriors. And that they are described as being better than the Jade Warriors in every way. But there are simply less Celestial Dragon Guard out there. So these are the Saurus Temple Guard to your regular Saurus. Basically, if you're, if you're looking for a... 
analogy for these guys to something that exists already. I think they're going to be something like that. What's interesting about the melee infantry, and even the ranged infantry for Cathay, is that you've got a real mix of what you can take. You can take hordes, or you can take a very elite army, or you can take kind of right in the middle in between. I love that amount of choice. I think Cathay, both in terms of Total War and upcoming Old World, if they're in there, are going to be a very customizable force if we see a full roster for them on the tabletop. You'll be able to do peasant hordes. You'll be able to do the good-sized army of jade warriors with maybe a few celestial dragon guard in support. And I wouldn't even put it past Games Workshop when they're making rules for them to have some kind of super elite Cathayan army that's made up mostly of the dragon guard. And the reason why I think that is in their description it mentions that they now number enough of these Dragon Guard that they can be dispatched to battlefields all over the Empire. And that sounds to me like you might be able to get a really cool, elite, small, but mighty army, maybe centered around one of the Dragon's siblings, and have it be their personal bodyguard. I think that'd be ridiculously cool. These guys are going to be a painter's dream. The whole Cathay faction, if it looks like what Creative Assembly has made here, it is going to be wildly fun to paint. It's going to look just beautiful, and I can't wait to see what people do for them. Now, Cathay has more missile infantry than just the Jade Crossbowmen that we've mentioned. I do like that they've got Crossbowmen. Not enough factions, I feel like, have Crossbowmen. I know I mentioned this last time, and I know the Empire does. Uh, but you see them very rarely because people tend to go with handgunners, I think, or like the huntsmen with the bows. I think crossbows have just been in a weird place for a few editions. It'll be interesting to see how Games Workshop tries to balance out crossbows with the rest of ranged combat when the old world comes out. For example, in Hero Hammer, uh, crossbows are much better. So 4th and 5th edition, you would take crossbows instead of taking things like handguns. Later on, though, you started to see handguns kind of become the more popular one. And I think people just like the idea of men and dwarfs with uh, muskets and, and blunderbusses and stuff. So I, I think part of it is just the, the popularity of seeing, you know, your dwarf thunderers on the battlefield as opposed to corollers. But it'd be nice to see a good place for crossbows uh, back on the battlefield. Now, Cathay also has peasant archers. Peasant archers, again, like their peasant long spearmen brethren, not very good. They are weak. Uh, it, it tells you that they're probably not going to get through heavy armor, but you can take a lot of them. Interestingly enough, in the fluff, these guys are mostly girls. Archery is considered a noble and useful pastime in Grand Cathay, and young girls are especially encouraged to follow the path of the Moon Empress into ranged combat. So that's really cool. I like that as part of the fluff there. And they are also considered quite expendable. Uh, but they are less expected to be in the thick of fighting uh, since they're archers, which makes sense. If your archers are doing the brunt of your fighting in close combat, you're probably not doing very well on the battlefield. Beyond the peasant archers... We also get Iron Hail Gunners, which is described as the closest thing we can get to an old world shotgun. So it's a short range blunderbuss that can rip through almost anything if positioned correctly. This speaks to me like the old Chaos Dwarf 
blunderbuss unit from fourth edition if you didn't know that one it kind of shot out in a line and could hit anything within that path it could be something like that at least in total war i'm, I'm thinking it'll just hit anything that you you kind of point it towards if it's a big mass of troops i don't think there's any way you can miss that probably ridiculously short range though on tabletop, I think it could be a very interesting weapon, maybe even a template weapon. If we see templates return with the old world, that would be kind of neat. Perhaps a smaller version of the flame template. We could see all sorts of things there, or maybe just an artillery dice worth of hits. I could see that being a really interesting way to add some unique ranged mechanics to Cathay. The Iron Hail gun is probably best suited for taking out heavily armored units probably going to see a pretty high save modifier for it i could see it being strength four negative two maybe even strength five and it might be a weapon where the strength of the shot increases the closer you are to your target warhammers used that mechanic several times specifically 40k for a long time next up is the Jezels of the Cathay army, the Crane Gunners. These these are really cool. So they are pretty much exactly the Skaven Jezels. You have one person with a shield with a notch in it that helps hold up this giant gun that the other person is firing. The crew of these guns are said to be highly trained, so I'm expecting Ballistic Skill 4 for them, which I'm sure will be the envy of any Skaven player. These are basically Jezels. I, I really don't know how to describe it better to you guys than just saying replace the rats with humans and they're probably not firing warp stone bullets. But otherwise, this is this is it. Finally, we have Celestial Dragon Crossbowmen. So these guys are the Dragon Guard, the elite that we talked about in the infantry, except they have crossbows. And because Cathay seems to like to lift abilities from other factions in the game, these guys have repeating crossbows with armor-piercing bolts. Oh boy, I feel like Malekith is going to be really upset about that one. That is kind of their thing for Dark Elves, is the whole repeating bolts. Uh, now Cathay has that too. That's going to be interesting. Also going to be interesting, the fact that you have a very elite soldiers... Ballistic skill 4 at a bare minimum, I think, for these guys. Maybe even ballistic skill 5? I don't know. And they're saying that they're shielded with the best armor in Grand Cathay. And if there's if that's the same armor as the Dragon Guard that we were talking about in the infantry section, I feel like that's kind of full plate, right? That 4 plus? If this comes to tabletop? I, I kind of think so. Would the damage output of a ranged unit like this make up for their cost? Because you're going to be paying a lot of points, I think, for the stat line and for the armor, which isn't always something that you want to do with a ranged unit. At the same time, sometimes it's very valuable to have a ranged unit that can get charged by something and hold it up. And I feel like these Celestial Dragon Crossbowmen could do this. And who knows how many shots they're getting with these repeater crossbows. I assume it wouldn't be more than the Dark Elves. So probably two shots. But you don't know. It'll be really interesting to see if this makes tabletop how they stack up against Dark Elf crossbowmen. 
And that is assuming that the Dark Elves are in the Old World. I still don't know what's going to be in that game. It's really frustrating. It, that map that they keep filling in makes me think Old World and only Old World. And then it just keeps sneaking in more and more. I, I don't want to re-argue that. I've talked about that several times. But right now, I'm just assuming that what we see here makes the game because it's more fun to talk about if we assume that this stuff is going to be on the tabletop at some point in the future and i don't think games workshop would want to turn down the opportunity to make a brand new range for all of the warhammer fantasy players to buy all right that is going to do it for the infantry now we're on grand cathay cavalry and chariots so first up we have peasant horsemen I, it, this is peasants on horses. It's really, it's not that interesting, but it is nice to know that they're going to have some light, fast cavalry. I would expect them to be able to be armed with spears or with bows. A little bit like the Kislevite cavalry of eras past, where they are like the extremely light cavalry, but extremely fast. I think this would be a great thing for an army that's going to be built on big blocks of infantry for the most part. I'm I'm into it. More interesting than that is the Jade Lancers. These are decidedly medium cavalry by the looks of things. So the Jade Warriors are the warriors in between the peasants and the Super Dragon Legion guys. They are the standing army so these are going to be i would say medium cavalry i don't expect them to be as much shock cavalry as say bretonian knights or inner circle empire knights but i think you're gonna see them hit pretty hard i think again i, I keep drawing parallels to the lizard man but i think kind of Saurus cavalry of course they're not on cold ones so they're they're probably not hitting as hard as Saurus cavalry but i'm thinking around that three plus save you know somewhere in that medium cavalry range for these guys what'll be interesting is to see if they have lances or spears i almost feel like it will be spears which i think would further limit their damage potential by a little bit uh, it's some of the the notes here is that they are slower but heavier than standard horsemen, so probably barded war horses. Uh, Jade lancers will deal extreme damage to infantry formations they crash into. I mean, most cavalry does that in Total War Warhammer, so it's not really a big thing. Maybe though, maybe. Finally, we have the Great Longma Riders, dragon blooded who are yet to rise to their prominence or prefer a place within the celestial host for the honor it brings them often become great longma riders so the longma we talked about last episode they are the awesome dragon horses and they look absolutely gorgeous now these guys are the pegasus knights of cathay some longma have wings some don't i don't know why that should be but that is the way that they are portrayed here maybe it's just the amount of dragon in the horse that determines that i don't know although i'm not sure that the celestial dragons have wings at all now so i don't know where these wings came from hmm hmm suspicious the longma riders are your problem solvers i think as a flying unit they are the dragon blooded who are going to be powerful in their own right on a powerful mount this is for all intents and purposes your your pegasus knights they're gonna go around fly around the battlefield solving problems dealing with war machines fighting other flyers they seem like they are the super duper elite 
Uh, their speed, the power of their charge, and their strength of their armor is unmatched. And it looks like they are going to cause fear as well, which makes a little bit of sense. These are the guys I am most excited about getting models if we get them. I just think that those Longmas look so, so good. And I'd love to see them on tabletop. I wonder how long it's going to be. And maybe it's happened already. I'm not up on the, the newest news as far as the 3D printing community goes. But I would love to know if some mad lad has already modeled these out and has printed out a uh, army of Grand Cathay, either for Warhammer or Warmaster scale. I think it would look incredible. So that is the cavalry, a decent selection of cavalry. Cathay has a impressive roster in terms of what is available to them. They don't seem to be lacking for really anything as far as unit types go. And they even have their own sort of giants who look much more dangerous than the old world giants because they are giant constructs, giant iron-ish warriors, or they're terracotta, so. Uh, and they kind of remind me of the Avatar of Cain in 40k where they glow with an inner fire. So these guys are Grand Cathay's ancient protectors. The Sentinels are remnants of an era long past, when the Celestial Dragon Emperor was an active leader in the nation's armies. Tales of their creation range from the believable to the legendary, that each was personally blessed that each was a personally blessed soldier of the Dragon Emperor in a great army to fend off chaos in its earliest years. True or not, they stand sentinel all over Cathay, often still and silent for centuries. So that's really cool. Some of them are even built into the Great Bastion itself. And I guess if an enemy gets too close or whatever ancient magics decree, uh, they will awaken and ruin some enemies of Cathay. In the trailer for this game, these guys looked immense at around the size of giants. So I don't really even know what to expect. This is the exact kind of thing that Games Workshop would love to make as a big centerpiece unit, something that would cost you probably $120 to $180 as a single kit. And it would be big and beefy and, and probably three to 400 points. I think they are going to be far mightier than giants. And giants not to insult giants because I love giants. I think they are fun and funny and they have fun rules, but they're very rarely good. You take them because you want to see what the giant's going to do on the battlefield. You don't take them necessarily to win. These guys, I think, are going to be very reliable. They might have some kind of special rule regarding what kind of actions they can take because they're constructs. Perhaps you need some kind of wizard in your army. Now, this is for tabletop. Obviously, in Total War Warhammer, you can just recruit them once you get the technology to do so. But I could see these guys having some insanely beefy stats. So they have a really cool double-bladed weapon as well. I'm thinking these guys have to be at least toughness 7. I don't think you can make them toughness 6. Toughness 6 is what a giant is. These guys are made out of terracotta and fire. I don't know that they are going to feel the kind of pain that a giant might feel, and they're better armored and equipped. Yeah, I could see them being a real terrifying centerpiece unit to your Cathayan army in the future. I would love to see what these guys will be like in Total War Warhammer 3. Uh, I think they're going to be very expensive, but very, very good. And uh, 
their notable characteristics it doesn't tell you anything that is particularly exciting except that they are terror causing which one would expect from a giant flaming terracotta warrior and as happy destroying steam tanks and city gates as it is laying waste to enemy armies so i think that just means that it can be thrown against anything with a pretty good chance of success that is a unit i am very excited to see now we get into grand cathay flying war machines the fact that there is more than one of these things is impressive and this is kind of a new thing for warhammer fantasy outside of the dwarfs with the gyrocopters and gyro bombers grand cathays look to be a little bit more ornate a little bit crazier this is i think the kind of thing that you would not have seen even as late as 8th edition. I don't think the technology was there yet. I think it is now for Games Workshop to make these models, these giant flying models. Obviously, they've done the Cadron stuff for Age of Sigmar, the steampunk uh, flying dwarfs, but this is a little bit more ornate. It's a little bit, I think, smaller and fiddlier than that stuff, and I just don't think they could have done this in terms of technology before. So there's two here. There's a small one and a large one. The small one is the Sky Lantern. The Sky Lantern is quite fun. It's more of a command vessel. So it's a way for the commanders to kind of fly up and, and get a good look at the battlefield. It's also got some guns on it, which is good. It's the crane gunner. So the same kind of Jezail-like guns that the infantry have, uh, except that it's on these flying lanterns. The lanterns are really neat in themselves. They can signal troop movements. They've got these fans that they can deploy. This is a unit that I would love to see in-game because it has so much potential to do interesting things. It's not going to be a real damage-dealing unit. You've got a couple of guns on it. That's what it is. But the idea of signaling these large movements, maybe these actions that your whole army can take or, or maybe something around giving uh, a particular buff to a particular unit or maybe even a couple of units because you get a couple of fans on this thing i could see it being extremely slow and pretty fragile honestly because it is mostly a, a giant lantern and i think these things are kept aloft by a magical bird the balloon itself is held in place thanks to an ever-burning vermilion warbird. So something like a phoenix, perhaps? Of smaller, of course, than the high elven phoenixes. But it, it seems like something somewhat similar. And yeah, this is a unit that I think has so much potential for Warhammer the Old World, if these guys make the cut. I think it'd be a beautiful model. And I think you're going to see... Kind of the same thing you see with the Stegodon or the Arachnorok Spider, where you get your choice of what kind of crew you want in it. You could have, like, the character and maybe a couple gunners, or maybe you forgo the character and then it's just kind of a gun platform. Either way, I would love to see it. Beautiful centerpiece model, kind of like the, the Sentinel is. But then we have the Sky Junk. Now, the Sky Junk is apparently more of a battleship, I guess, a flying battleship than anything else the sky junk is more warship 
than a simple battlefield unit. Its humongous size supports great guns that project shrapnel at oncoming hordes, wiping out whole battle lines. Within the armored carrier beneath the main balloon are a host of bombs ready to be dropped on those below. During times of great danger, fleets of skyjunks are seen floating from the Great Bastion, moving steadily towards the latest threat and fully intending to wipe it out. I don't think there's much in Warhammer that we can draw a parallel with, other than maybe the gyro bombers, but this seems much bigger than that. I expect this to have quite a crew. I expect this to look a lot like the Cadron large vessels for Age of Sigmar. Apologies if you're not familiar with those. It's just the best thing I can think of as a analogy to this. This is a unit I fully expect to be around $200. When it comes out, this is going to be a massive centerpiece. I think it's going to be much bigger even than the Sentinel as far as a kit goes. And this is going to be several hundred points. I honestly don't know how you necessarily interact with this outside of flying units. And I guess you can shoot it with artillery and that kind of thing. It's going to be a big target. But it seems like something that would be wild to put together and paint. If we get this as a unit, this is absolutely the kind of thing that it's going to take modern technology to make if it looks anything like its picture on the Total War roster. In Total War, I think this is going to be your, this is going to be the unit you take in a bunch of doom stacks, right? You just take uh, probably your Lord in one of the lanterns and then you take 19 of these sky junks once you have enough money to do so. And uh, you just enjoy the carnage that you wreak on the battlefield. Finally, we have the Grand Cathay Artillery and War Machines. These are quite neat. So they're carried to the battlefield by oxen, which I hope is an option if we get models for them, like the, the oxen actually towing them or having the oxen like to the side on the model. I think that'd be really cool. I just like oxen. I would like to see oxen in Warhammer Fantasy. These are quite neat. They're not super unique really they're all things that we've seen before in the warhammer world but they do have that cathay feel to them the first is the grand cannon uh this thing has a, just a wildly huge barrel for this cannon i don't know how big the cannonball it is is in this thing but it looks like it's just absolutely massive and the projectiles are apparently flaming so that's kind of neat uh so it's got a big dragon head Otherwise, it looks like a, a regular cannon body, and I don't know that there's anything super special about this other than the flaming projectiles, so good against flaming, good against units that are vulnerable to flame. Otherwise, I think this is just a fancy cannon. It would look so good as a miniature, though. So good. So much of the Cathay stuff would look incredible as miniatures. Uh, it's, one of the notes is that the oxen pulling it are pretty cute, all told, and make it and the other Cathayan artillery more mobile than counterparts from other factions that's something cool to know so maybe redeployment actually an option for your artillery during the battle when you're playing Cathay then there's the Wujing war compass this is as I mentioned in the last episode a little bit like Cathay's version of the celestial hurricanum from the empire it manipulates elemental winds uh, and so I think it is particularly attuned to the power of the heavens and the the lore perhaps the lore of the heavens meteors and lightning storms are summoned in its wake so yeah this is this is calling down those comets of Cassanadora. 
Uh, while expensive to build and maintain, they are truly unique. Yeah, so this is kind of your magic artillery, I guess. And it looks like it's going to be pulled by four oxen, which is, I think, twice the oxen of the rest of the artillery. So if you're going hard on oxen, you'll want to pick this thing up. It actually looks pretty simple, all told. It's got a very almost Lizardmen vibe to it, which I like. And I, this is another thing that I think would make a just stunning model. Last but not least, we have the Fire Rain Rocket. This is the Grand Cannon that we were talking about earlier, except we've swapped out the cannon part for what looks like a more refined Hellstorm rocket battery from the Empire. What I expect from this, especially if it makes it to the tabletop, is to be more reliable but perhaps a little less powerful than the Hellstorm rocket battery for the, from the Empire. This looks like the more refined version. So if any of you are 40k players, you might know Tau plasma weapons for a long time were less powerful than the Imperial ones, but the Tau ones never overheated. And I think it's going to be something like that. I think the Cathayan stuff is going to be more reliable artillery-wise, but perhaps a little bit less powerful than the brute experimental strength in the Empire. What's interesting about the artillery and the units that we've seen here, there is no engineers for Cathay, which I really expected to see before I looked in this roster, especially once I saw some of the artillery that was available. And that's kind of a weakness, because if you think about the two big artillery factions in Warhammer, you have the Empire and you have the Dwarves, both of those have engineers to make their war machines more reliable. Cathay won't have that necessarily, and I think that is a really interesting difference for a faction that seemed to get a little bit of what everyone was getting. So that is our overview of Grand Cathay. I am extremely excited about this, even in just in Total War, which is a game that I love and never have time to play anymore. But if this comes to Warhammer Fantasy, and by that I mean the old world when it comes out or following release, I could see this being a down the road project for Games Workshop. I doubt at launch, whenever that is, that we'll be buying Cathayan armies to play in the old world. I could see it as a project that they were working on, something really big to come out maybe after the game's been out for a year or two, or they've done all of the old world factions that they wanted to first. I just see too much potential here, both in terms of design choices, in terms of the money they could make off of something like this, for them to ignore it. Say what you want about Games Workshop, and I often do, but that company knows how to make money. And if they don't do it fast enough, there is going to be full-on 3D-printed Cathayan armies anyway, so they may as well take advantage of it if they can, because looking at these designs, I think a talented... 3D sculptor, and there are so many of those in our community, would knock this out of the park, this army. So that's going to do it for the look at Cathay. Before I go today, I just wanted to talk to you guys about the future of this podcast, some things that I have planned in coming up, and, and some of the things that I want to do moving into 2022. Oh my god, it's almost 2022. I can't deal with that. Oh man, the years are so short, despite being so, so long. I recently got my hands on a lighting kit and a green screen kit, because what I want to do for this podcast 
is do more videos. So some of you may have seen the videos on our YouTube channel. They're kind of helter-skelter. They come out whenever I can. I haven't been able to do anything at all past this summer. But I really want to get back into making videos. We did some battle reports in the early part of the year. Unfortunately, we've really lost all ability to do that right now. It's not a thing that I see happening, at least for the rest of this year. Maybe we get lucky sometime next year and we're able to do those. But I do want to do more videos. One of the things that I want to do is continue my series on forgotten units of Warhammer and Warhammer fan uh, 40k as well as do some more topical videos as we get more for the old world and now I have a lot of the equipment to do that what I'm lacking right now is of course the time so I'm going to try and get started on doing things like that if I can but more I think relevant to you if you're a podcast listener is that I want to move this from being only audio to being audio and video so one thing that I'm going to try and start doing, and not for the episodes that I'm doing for myself, but episodes that GJ and Scott are joining me, at least one of those two, <laughs> or if we have a, another special guest, I do want to do some interviews. I do want to have some guests on this show as well. I want to start having a YouTube feed as well so you can see us and have basically an unedited version of the podcast that comes out on YouTube that has video to go with the audio. I've been looking into ways to share our screens, do a lot of things like that. So if we're doing roster reviews like I did today, we can actually put it up on screen and you're not going to lose out anything if you're just listening to the podcast, but it's going to add an extra dimension for those who want to view it on YouTube as well, just get the podcast out there in more places, try and grow it a little bit. I've been blown away, and I've said this multiple times on the show, blown away by the amount of support that we get, by the views and the listens that we get for a game that hasn't had a release in like seven years. <laughs> it's pretty wild. And I really want to expand what we can do and how we're doing it. And video is kind of the next big step for us. So please stay tuned for that. I'm going to try and do that as soon as I can. I don't know if that's going to happen before the new year, but it's something to look forward to for sure. The last thing I want to mention, in case anyone missed it in the last episode, is that we have a new war games orchard painting challenge that's happening on our facebook page specifically our community page the warhammer orchard and what we do is every month we're going to be painting up a single model just one it's a very easy paint challenge but each one is done to a very specific and silly theme starting in november so if you're hearing this it's open is our very first challenge holding out for an unlikely hero. So what I want to see is your most unlikely heroes from Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, any game system really. So this could be a snotling with ambition, this could be a kind-hearted beastman who is just looking to help lost children out of the woods. I don't know, go crazy with it. You can do whatever you want, and you've got all month to paint up this unlikely hero 
and come up with a little bit of background for him, just a sentence or two to tell us why you like him and what he's up to and why he's a hero. So if you're interested in participating in that, check us out at the Warhammer Orchard. I think that's going to be it for this one. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com.